Yes, Connor. Have you ever found yourself... Um, uh, well, so, you're a Pittsburgh person. I am a Pittsburgh person. I'm a Pittsburgh person. You are a Pittsburgh person. Have you found yourself, you know, kind of slipping into what we call out here, Yinzer, like, language, or, you know, kind of like mispronunciations? So, <laughs> instead of saying washing, warsh. 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 Uh, instead of creek, crick, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What do you think the... The like, uh, you know, the the correlation for Star Wars would be with like Han and Han, Han and Han, Leia, Leia, Leia. and Leia, um, Falcon and the Falcon, yes, Falcon. So th- yeah, I was just like, oh, I can't say it because that's gonna sound like a swear word, but you know what I'm saying. Like it just, it kind of comes off as like, is there like a weird dialect that we're just missing? Like, are they falling into like Tatooineese or whatever? Well, yes, that has been discussed. That there's kind of this very distinct uh like certain different planets have regional dialects and that's why people sound so different from one film to the next yeah tatooine tatooine versus tatooine well so basically i guess it also just goes into the fact of like how does how does ray have kind of a coruscanti accent to begin with you know, that's an excellent question. She's a junker. She's a junker. You know, I mean, almost the same thing as like Luke in the sense that they're just on this desolate world. But at the same time, like absolutely nobody else around her has the same kind of like accent or affectation to their voice. Well, we don't really see many people on Jakku who speak. And in fact, the, arguably <laughs> the one person, the one other person on Jakku that does speak outside of Unkar Plutt oh. would be Lorsan Tekka. Yeah, that's who true. Who does actually also kind of have that distinguished Coruscanti. <sighs> this begin to make things right. Yes. Or whatever. To be, she's still royalty. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I, because honestly, it's just like, it just kind of hit me. I'm just thinking to myself, like, where does she learn this? You know? And I mean, Well, you know where it comes from, right? Oh, no. Where does it come from? Well, she's obviously Obi-Wan's offspring. <gasps> All right. Well, you had to spoil it right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Utapute, everybody. Hello, and welcome to Greedo Shot First. My name is Con. I'm Andrew. And we're here to talk Star Wars, all things Star Wars, and anything even freaking related to Star Wars, in which today we're back at it, gang. We're back on that road, that lane, that cobblestone drive uh, to the Rise of Skywalker. That's right. And today we'll be covering Episode 7, The Force Awakens. Yes. And not to mention, we're also joined by a special guest, none mm-hmm. other than the person who I apparently throw under the bus all the time. Listen, you really do throw me under the bus all my, the time on the show. My fiance, Eva Criswell. <laughs> Say hello, Eva. Hello. <laughs> so uh, we brought Eva in today to talk about The Force Awakens because, uh, well, it, I mean, just for us and our relationship, it was the first Star Wars movie we ever saw together. That's true. Yeah. Um, even before we saw the movie, I, 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 I put her through the motions and said, here's what we got to do. And, you know, if we're going to stay together... We have to watch. We have to watch it, Star Wars. It was Wars. a condition of our relationship. <laughs> he put me through the ringer. Like we we sat down and we watched all six. the original VHS versions of Mind all you. of the movies. Yes. I'm telling you, dude, yeah. I risked I risked losing it. Risked it to get the, the biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, but you know what? It was all worth it in the end because, like I said, we got to see Episode Seven, The Force Awakens, which is exactly what we're talking about today. That's right. So I'm excited to get into this because. 
honestly, if you really think about it, like out of all the other movies uh, in the whole lore and everything like that, this is one of the movies where you can kind of tell yourself you haven't seen it that much. Or to the matter of the fact that you're at a different point in your life when you saw it. Mm -hmm. So you think about when you see the original trilogy. You know, we were, you know, ages 1 to 10, right? Yeah. You know, we were just obsessed with it. And then the prequels come out and, you know, 10 to 15 or whatever the timeline is. It's like it kind of worked for you. You know, you were still in that young, brash era where you still wanted the Jedi. You still wanted the lightsabers and all this kind of stuff. And then Force Awakens comes out and we're all adults. And See, but for me, like, I haven't seen all of them the whole way through until I was an adult. So it kind of hits you in the weird way. I mean, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> all right, so let's let's kind of go from there. I mean, okay. when, when it comes to uh, when you saw the prequels and stuff like that, whenever I put you through the ringer, so to speak. The ringer. <laughs> how did it kind of, like, I mean, how did it work for you? Did you, were you, did you laugh? Did you have a good time? Were you kind of like, what is this? I mean... As somebody who really didn't have a, a good background experience with Star Wars, like I've only seen portions of the movie. Yeah. Um, to says sitting through all of them at the same time, uh, it was definitely like in its own sort of experience. It does drain one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's. I mean, truthfully, my answer to this, like, I honestly, I still haven't actually watched all of the movies with Emily because she just. It's just not for her. I know. It's okay. Have you watched but, all of Harry Potter with her? Yes, but okay. well, I, I kind of like Harry Potter. Well, I mean, I like Harry so. Potter, too. But I'm just saying, yin oh, and yang. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. Well, if, I agree. I do, I do not disagree. Um, <laughs> but the very first one that we actually saw together would have been the 3D re-release of episode one are you kidding me no oh my did we go see that together i don't remember i, I kind of think so i literally think that was the last time i ever saw a film at like distinta oh god yeah quote, the quote unquote. unquote distinta which yeah. is now the phoenix yeah. whatever big phoenix whatever big phoenix bro you know? <laughs> dude they're i mean they're trying and so hard down there but that's yeah. another topic but, uh, you know, but that was, like, the jumping on point for her, basically. Like, I, I, I made her watch, like, half of A New Hope before I just realized she really wasn't feeling it. And Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess that's just it. Like, you kind of have to catch it at the right time. Uh -huh. You know, and, I, and it worked for us. Uh -huh. And I'm glad to see that it kind of worked for you, but I kind of did just force it upon you. But I don't know. And I think it's fascinating, though, like, so, I mean, obviously, even just putting aside, like, the the older movies the prequels and the original trilogy like now jumping into the disney movies which are in their own way a very separate animal oh yeah like i have to imagine like your view of the disney movies is probably even very different from our view of them yeah honestly they're like i i'm gonna be that person be that but person. i really like these newer ones a lot more than i like the older ones sure it has that flair i mean no one can yeah, blame you for that i mean it, it obviously it appeals to me a little bit more yeah than and like the older the, ones yeah and the production is just so extremely high right like it's just such quality filmmaking yeah even if like you know there's underlying story elements that i think you know connor and i would want to pick on or, mm -hmm. or you know or kind pick of pick across like, just pick up in general right exactly know, but, examine. yeah but they but those kind of same story beats probably don't hit you the same way because it's not right. like your childhood is being altered Correct. <laughs> what have you done it's you know it's like watching barney on a barbecue it's like no you know kind of <laughs> kind of has that weird flair but before we go any further let's go down uh, you know the uh, the cast list and the summary Andrew, why don't you hit us with a summary? Sure. What we got? 
a scavenger, and a renegade stormtrooper enlist the help of legendary smugglers and freedom fighters Han Solo and Chewbacca Mm. to transport a droid carrying information regarding the whereabouts of long-lost Jedi Master Luke Skywalker to General Leia Organa of the Resistance before it falls into the hands of Kylo Ren and the First Order. I like that. That's actually a really good summary. Yes. Out of all the summaries we've had so far... I mean, that one ranks up there, you know, because yes. it, it just it does kind of like it varies. And I like getting them from different, you know, avenues. It's not all yeah. from one website or one critic or something. Yeah, like this that. was just like a fan summary from IMDb. It's a pretty good summary. <laughs> it is. It's like, it was as flowery as it could have been. But, yeah. You know. Well, so, I mean, I'm excited to actually talk about this basically because if you really think about it in all the episodes we've done so far, Force Awakens never gets talked about. No, it's true. Almost never. I mean, yeah. like, we, we talk about the characters and some of the plot details for the most part, mm. but when it comes to the movie itself, it's kind of glossed over in favor of The Last Jedi. Right. But that's another story for another time. <laughs> like Maz likes to say. Yes. We could also jump there. But let me get through the cast list because we got to do our due diligence. Yes. This is seven episodes in, so I want to I want to make sure we, we get a, this we right. we got a whole new cast of characters. I know, right? Mm, sort of. So... Yeah, well, first of all, there's no George Lucas whatsoever. Yes. It's just his name. First and, time. Yeah, and it's like, I think it, that's... Based on characters and story created by, by George, George Lucas. Lucas. Exactly. But it was directed by J.J. Abrams, produced by Kathleen Kennedy, J.J. Abrams, Brian Burke, written by Lawrence Kasdan, J.J. Abrams, Michael Arndt, Arnett? I don't actually know how to pronounce it, starring Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega... Oscar Isaac, Lupita Nyong'o, Andy Serkis, Dom Hall Gleason, Anthony Daniels, Peter Mayhew, and Max von Sydow. I actually don't know who Side that Al. is. Side Al? Yeah. All right, whatever. He's Lor Santeca. You know what? I was doing so good, and of course it's well, you, the last you one. Well, you nailed Lupita Nyong'o. That's so what I'm saying. I had That's like, the most important part. I had to do it three times fast in my head to get it right, you know. <laughs> but uh, obviously, uh, we had music from John Williams. He was mm-hmm. able to come back for this. And it just keeps going, and... I think one name we should bring up in general is uh, Dan Mindell. He was in charge of cinematography. Okay. And cinematography in this movie is absolutely stellar. It is. I agree. Um, we, were, we were talking about this on the way over. Eva and I were. Yeah. Um, basically, I mean, you, if you want to start us off with well, that. I, yeah. Go ahead. I really like their usage of like lighting. Okay. So, um, for example, obviously, the one big, big example is um, when they're on the bridge. Ooh. Uh, yes. the, just jumping right into the, uh, <laughs> the, the heart of the, of the story. <laughs> this is all right. So this is where we want to start. Yeah. It's just kind so of if you it. haven't seen The Force Awakens, the second <laughs> or the third largest grossing movie in film history, it's been and, out for a few years. Yeah, it came out four years ago, almost five. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, by the time this episode releases, it will be almost five. Come on, gang! <laughs> if you haven't, together. and you're listening to the. 45th episode of Greedo Shot First podcast. Thank you. I sure hope, yes, thank you. And I also sure hope that you have seen The Force Awakens. So anyways, as you were saying, the bridge. So yeah, where... when, when we get like Kylo's conversation with Han, I think they do a really good job of like, okay, you know, Kylo starts out in the shadows. His mm. face is covered in shadows. Han's face is covered in the light. Mm-hmm. And where is this light coming from? I don't know. But it's fine because it does a really great job of like, 
you know, Kylo goes into the light, but he's still like half drenched in that shadow. Right. As he's having this conversation with Han. And I think that really helps like convey the mood and, and, you know, the tone in such a pivotal point of the movie. So I will say that the light that you do see coming down is from the sun, like that they're getting all the power from. I'm not. I'm not is trying that to. Where that's coming oh from? come on! Don't give me that. No. <laughs> I I'm like sure. that somebody else gets to like cut up on you. I know. I'm sorry. She's allowed to because like I have to share a bed with her, but still, no. <laughs> but like I, I, you know, it, the 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 sun that they're harnessing the power from for the mega weapon on Star Killer Base, everybody. Yes. Oh, that one. Yes. <laughs> yes, and it is like actually like the. The weird physics of like the sun's energy being sucked from the sun into, into the, the gun, and like yeah. it's like it doesn't show the star collapsing or anything like that. That's right. a whole other yeah, physics. But like, it's like how many times can they use Star Killer Base? <laughs> or yeah, they're gonna run out of stars eventually. Do they yeah. have a skylight or like uh, is there a hole in the roof? Where's it coming from? Though I don't know. It's like well, so they, there is a hole in the roof. There is unanswered like, questions of Star it's Wars. It's actually very relevant to the plot of the movie. Well, no, it wasn't <laughs> that the Ray and uh, Finn like came in through the door, and like that's where the light was coming in. Or that's right exactly there. okay. Okay, and so once this, once the all the power is harnessed from said sun, the sun goes dark. That's when the light go, goes away from Kylo, and then obviously bad things happen. No one likes talking about it. I still don't like talking about it. Like. It is emotionally draining to see yeah. that over and over and over again, especially you definitely when you catch the feels. Yeah, and I mean, like I, like I said, you get like goosebumps and stuff like that. Like yeah. it hits yeah. you. But I don't know. I mean, uh, do we want to kind of back up and go uh, from the beginning? Because no, it was a great, it was a great shot to go from right at the yes. beginning. <laughs> if you want to talk, and I do want. I want to. I mean, I'm gonna want to sit down on that scene for a while. I okay. Think, well, but, we we can come back. To but it. we yeah, we should come back to it. <clears throat> In the spirit, we gotta of, earn it. <laughs> In the spirit of lighting, um, the opening shot. We always talk mm-hmm. about like opening shots for each movie. Um, this one was one of the more unique ones because it actually showed the fact that like not all ships are like super visible in space like mm-hmm. they're supposed to be. Because there's the idea of light reflecting off of them and everything like that. But the fact of the matter is that when you see the camera pan down or pan up, whatever way it goes, you just see stars and then you see this planet. And before, you know, you could really kind of guess where this planet is, the planet starts getting speared. Like, there's, like, a sharp point to it, and it keeps coming up. And it's a Star Destroyer, like, basically cutting it in half. It's, quote-unquote, destroying the star. Yes. If you will. I did that. Nice. <laughs> but I like that a lot. And I like, I mean, it was one of those things where you just never seen it before. And it was quiet. Uh-huh. Like, there was no sound of, like, the like, lasers or, like, engine power mm-hmm. or anything like that. Like, it kind of gave you that, like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, it's the ominous feel of space. Yeah. So. so, first things first, it's a lesson learned from the failures of the Empire. <gasps> Maybe a good idea not to paint your, like, all of your capital ships bright white. Bright white or, like, matte gray or whatever that <laughs> yeah. it is. Yeah. That's true. Uh, I mean, according to legend has it that truly all of the Star Destroyers are painted what's called Imperial White. Ah, fair enough. Uh, I, I mean, it always looks like it's just... A it's a little bit of a gray. Gray, sure, yeah. But, but I'll give it the Imperial White for yes, sure. Uh, I mean, it also just, it's a perspective thing that they're doing. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's like, well, the sun is behind us, so therefore when this comes into focus... It's not picking up the sun. And it's another thing that goes, I mean, like, obviously we always talk about the limitations of the original trilogy, 
But like when you see the Star Destroyer for the first time, yeah, there are a little bit of shadow to it. Mm-hmm. But if they didn't really map out where the suns were going to be, like all you, for all you know, it's just them taking a picture of this ship, right? You know, and just kind of mm-hmm. placing it in there, and it works. It works. But you know, like I said, this is one of the first times you get to see something like that. But we don't have to spend all day on it. No, just, certainly not worth it. I honestly just thought it was an interesting <laughs> aspect to it, and then yeah. obviously from the ship the uh, a few like you know transports to send uh-huh. and then we go into like the well, weird I actually do like I mean I I feel like you know we both kind of have this concern with some of the styling of some of the support craft yeah in the sequel trilogy You know what I agree with that because it, it's just it just kind of look like boxes Yeah but you know? well but so I will say I actually kind of like them because they look like they almost look like the D-Day like beachlanders Right you know what that's a good idea yeah like they kind of like the launch craft Yeah but if I want to get nerdy about it because that's what we do here <laughs> the the book actually explains in a way the the fact of the matter is that like there's no like austere purpose to their design like unless it's Unless it's needed for function, they don't worry about that. It's all about just making it work properly. So there's no, you know, uh, fins, there's no wings or anything like that. As long as they're able to get it down and get it off there, like they say as much of the book is like, we don't need that in the first order or something like that. You know. So it's kind of like a sports car versus a Honda Element. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, I mean, yeah. The Element is so much more practical but you got to <laughs> but you have to make sacrifices in other areas exactly like like wind like wind di- you know i don't know yeah, <laughs> yeah. Aerodynamics. that's right sorry um, but yeah so once they actually land in you know Laura Senteca's like big campsite or whatever there's this huge melee and like fighting and all this kind of stuff and it's just a really cool shot like seeing all the transports come down and you get to see all the stormtroopers in there and the lights flickering on and off it kind of gives you that disorienting feel and then mm-hmm. i mean what they're doing there in the first place and then you actually get to see bb8 he's like the first hero really and he goes zipping off yes he's um, the only real hero <laughs> i if mean you ask me he's the one who's most consistent through the movie if i'm being honest i feel like yeah you know, he's there from beginning to end yes um <laughs> And then you meet Lord Sinteca. Now, what did you think of Lord Sinteca? Did you kind of want more out of him? I really did. Like, uh, what is his deal? I mean, and that's my exactly my question. Is like, clearly he has some past history with Kylo. And I, Leia, for that And matter. Leia, obviously. Yeah. And I would really love to know what that is. It's like, this will begin to make things right. Yeah. And He's, I have this thought, and I mean, this is actually very like re- contemporaneous news mm-hmm. uh, that Mark Hamill has tweeted out that his assumption in his playing of Luke is that the other Jedi at the Academy, like, you know, training that, with him. Yeah. That were training with him and Ben survived. And I've always wondered if Lor Santeca could be somebody who, you know, was like, who just missed being picked up by the Jedi. Ooh. That's and then interesting. has sat this whole time and then was part of that, you know, academy that first class. Maybe I mean, like they kind of kept him to the wings. I mean, obviously he was trustful enough for Luke to hand him this map. Mm-hmm. You know, which is another thing to get into. But like, I I mean, to back up just a little bit and uh, you know, kind of go over the whole idea of Lord Senteca. The when you see the opening crawl, I remember this distinctly. Like the first four words, four or five words, whatever it is, it's like Luke Skywalker. Oh no, Luke Skywalker has vanished. Yes. Four words, but like that's. That's it right there. Like everyone's like, oh, we're going to see Luke, Leia, and Han. They're going to go out and have some adventures again. And it's like Luke subversive. Gone. Yeah, what? Like <laughs> what? And you're just like, okay. But I mean, it works. 
it works in in the long run because I remember actually being in theater and like just being absorbed with the story and everything like that and to the point where like when you know the reveal comes towards the end it's like oh that's right he was supposed to be in this movie <laughs> but like you know it, it's like you know it, it does a good job with that but so what, if he doesn't want to be found or if he's vanished and stuff like that and it's like you know why did he have the map why, yeah why does Lord Santeca even have this piece why, why not even give it to Leia for all that matter like if exactly you tell Leia where you're going like why make a map in the first place yeah and it's just like the inefficiencies of like the Star Wars galaxy where it's like we have all this insane future technology but like we don't have the internet <laughs> right right yeah like <laughs> and you could have just you know transmitted them over to yeah how do they do the death star gang like what do you think they did they just handed over no they transmitted it yeah but that's that's also how they got caught so i don't know well, imagine exactly. if they had email oh, <laughs> star wars wouldn't exist it wouldn't exist <laughs> We need Kylo's emails. Where are they? Uh, <laughs> Somebody would have uncovered the flaw in the Death Star, and you get some spam mail from like Space Group on, yeah, and all that stuff. <laughs> uh, so Poe, uh, you know, this is also our first introduction to Poe. Um, I liked Poe, and like I was, I was kind of like on the fence about him, and then his first interaction with Kylo, not only you know with him trying to kill Kylo and Kylo catching the bolt, which is cool. Yes. That was cool. But like him getting put down right in front of Kylo and just like looking at him and going, who talks first? Do you talk first? Do yeah. I talk first? Like it kind of set up his character and I liked that. Yeah. It was subtle, but it was fun. I wonder if we'll go three for three with that, you know, because mm. it's like basically, you know, as soon as Poe talks in both of the first two movies and That's he has, true. And he, you know, he's kind of the first character in both of the sequel trilogy movies and like he's just japing. That's yeah. I mean, for the uh, the last Jedi, he's like trying to tr- reach General Hugs, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, so he does fool around with that. But we shall get there again. That's the next episode. Um, so at this point, I'm just trying to think uh, how to best put it. So when he actually, you know, when the First Order attacks, and then he's escaping, and then like he tries to get into his X-wing. I don't know why he didn't try and put the X-wing a little bit further, or yeah. like try and hide it a little bit more, or like have BB-8 go over and like just brief. Like pre-start the flying, right? I don't know. There's like there's just so much weird luck to it, and not to mention that one of the coolest things about this X-wing, besides being like an updated version of it, like we were talking about this before, I think, uh, you know, with the T-65s, like it, the way it worked in Legends, it's like T-65, T-70, T-75, like it just kept going and going. Mm-hmm. So whatever progression this is, has a little turret underneath it. Yes. You think he stole that idea off of Han? Yes. Most likely? Probably. Yeah. All right. I mean, you know, so certainly not to like totally derail this by going into like the comics or whatever. But one thing that's interesting, like we were talking about Lor Santeca and like his history. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually the first several books of the Poe Dameron comics are his like him on his quest to try to find. Lor Santeca. Lor That's interesting. And I, yeah. And I believe they even like just refer to him as like a. Like a like a force researcher or somebody like that. Maybe a guardian of the wills, if you will. Some yes. I don't think they use that phrase. Yeah. But uh, but that's like what they say there. But that's not really that you know descriptive. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, and also uh, you know so Poe's kind of background is that like his his parents are uh, rebellion soldiers, right? That yeah. Were, that fought with Leia and were like part of her kind of honor guard in a sense. Well, they, well, they hooked up on Endor, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was a part of Shattered Empire, I believe. Correct. Yeah. So, so. 
Sorry, we're getting nerdy into it. <laughs> no, I know. No, that's okay. You're just, right. just, you're just absorbed taking with it. it all in. <laughs> yeah. So that could be part of, you know, so so Poe clearly does have a long-running history with the Skywalker family, or the Solo family. In general. In general. Uh, so after all this is said and done, you know, we see Kylo do his thing. The bolt catch right there was one of those things where it set it up and it's like this is not some this is not the same old villain like mm-hmm. he's a step above the rest and like there's mm-hmm. clearly something menacing to be had with him and not to mention he's also able to hold um post still which is like an ability i don't think we've ever seen before right you know because like, it actually completely prohibit movement exactly just lock them up like yeah. you don't see that kind of stuff in but any then other. we see it later on in the movie we do with yes. him and ray yeah. yeah which that's incredible in its own way right. yeah it's you yeah. know more more impressive as oh. we will learn it's yes. it's very it's, it's it's intimidating it's super scary yeah like that, uh, i mean i well, never mind. I'll save it. <laughs> we'll um, talk about it when we get to that scene. All right. Well, then, how about Finn's introduction? Whenever he sees the town just kind of being like eviscerated, and then there's one point where like one of his like you know comrades falls and like he goes to like help him up, and then the comrade puts his hand on the faceplate, and that's how you're able to distinguish him from the rest of the stormtroopers. He's yeah. got actual blood on him, and then I remember like. You can't tell his expression in like in his face because he has the helmet on the whole time. But like, there is a definite hesitation, and like, just you could see that like something's changed in him when they do the like the like the the fire pit basically. They put everyone in the circle. I think it's really cool how they have these helmets on, so you can't see their faces, but you can still kind of understand like their reaction. Read it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's definitely something that's just like emotionally different about like. His helmet compared to other stormtrooper right, helmets, right. and that's—I mean—that's exactly what it is. I feel like that—that that was done on purpose. Like mm-hmm. it, it's definitely an affectation of that. Yeah, yeah. Like there's like this like frowny face kind of look on like his. <laughs> it's yeah. just like this is wrong. Whereas like others look, you know, they just look more menacing or they're battle droids in a sense. Like, exactly. They're, just, they're just one a... track line. Mm-hmm. And like they, there, there are different books. I know that like we always talk about from a certain point of view, like some of those short stories in there are about stormtroopers and like i remember one in particular it was about one guy who was happy that he had his helmet on because they couldn't see his expression because he was feeling guilt about what he was doing mm-hmm. and i'm sure that's what finn was like and once he actually takes his helmet off back on on the star destroyer like he's sweaty he's like he's just like he can't believe what he just saw and like it's just kind of he's rushing from it maybe it's the adrenaline of everything like he's just having a hard time coping with what happened that reminds me of those bad memes where it's like, cry in the rain so nobody can see your tears. <laughs> I mean, yeah, basically. I mean, for all we know, that wasn't just sweat. It was a bunch of tears. Blood, blood, sweat, and tears. That's it. There you go. Got them all. And then... We do see him sweating profusely. Oh, yeah. Uh, a, a lot once, through this movie. Yeah. You know. He's a sweaty guy. <laughs> well... I think that this is also our first introduction to Phasma. Uh-huh. And, like, they set her up to be, like, this very intimidating person, like, right off the bat where, you know, fire when ready and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then, well, I mean, this whole sequence is very, like, I mean, it really, it can, you can't draw starker lines, like, with Kylo, like, telling Phasma, it's fine, just kill them all. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, like, burn the, the whole thing to the yeah, ground. You've already literally captured them. Like, they are just in, you know, in on a, a firing line in a yeah. sense. Yeah. It's and, just, it's devastating. And like, it, it's, it's, I think the way that they kind of projected it was like, you know, it's like, we have to project the fact that like, this isn't the empire that you knew. Like, this is something way more sinister, you know, because I feel like a, pe- a lot of people hold up the empire as just, you know, these xenophobic, like 
totalitarians mm-hmm. and then it's like well you know they're nothing compared to the first order in a way because yeah. they just don't care right first know? order is just like literally just fire and brimstone and like, just bring it down yeah <laughs> all right bring so, it down we'll rule over the ashes so it can be a little little thronesy i guess well how about this uh fun fact with uh bb8 like escaping and like them searching everywhere how do they not find like a perfectly round like trail leading away from the X-wing that they just blew up, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like you would think like, all right, it, they're in a droid. Uh-huh. Where's this droid at? Like, oh wait, there's an actual like line in the sand, like a very big line, mind you. That's yeah. Because they, they didn't have Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't have his tracking yeah, skills. He couldn't track it. That's fair. Um, that is fair. But I don't know. After that, and then you actually meet Ray for the first time. Yes. Um. Now you had talked about this before, like it's the contrast between like, I think it's it's either Finn putting his I think it's Finn putting his helmet back on, and then it's like a snap cut to Ray opening the you know the thing and like she's she's got her all of her garb on and she's uh-huh. like looking in there find some kind of piece and then all of a sudden you realize like it's not like she's like looking in like a little locker mm-hmm. she's looking inside of a like a a, a star destroyer yeah, a giant star destroyer it's insane. So I, you get to see what her character is, and she's just basically spurlunking in there. Well, and she's also wearing a mask. Right. Yeah. So and like, that's a cool parallel. Yeah. And I love her mask because it, it, it actually is very disfiguring, and you're like, is this just like some creepy alien? Right, yeah. right. You don't know who it is. Yeah. And they pulled off, Han, old buddy. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it has that feel to it. But then you have that one moment where, you know, she gets all the junk that she has and she has that one thrilling moment of just sliding down the big old hill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, you remember sliding down hills when you were a kid? Like, you hated the fact that you had to get up to the top to do mm-hmm. it in the first place. Yeah. But that was her one thrill of the day. It was like once she had all of her junk and she's ready to go back. Woo! Just sliding down. It's so like, I feel like that reminded me a lot of, like, when Anakin would be like pod racing yippee yeah exactly <laughs> it's so wizard to just like slide down that stuff i'm telling you <laughs> no I, I i agree like there's this very very like you know ray is basically supposed to be you know luke and leia's age mm-hmm. uh you know relative to the start of the original trilogy late teens early 20s yeah um but there is something that is extremely childlike about her. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's because of you know her upbringing in in terms of not really. Yeah, exactly. Not has, having parents. She and, doesn't have any parents. I mean, she just has authority figures in like Uncar, Plut, and any other junk, junkers. Mm-hmm. But the junkers themselves also are like they're out for themselves. They're not out for anybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, so she kind of had to fend for herself, mm-hmm. and that's also evident in her like little hideaway in the fallen ATAT. Right. You see that she like had to make her own action figure. Yeah, yeah. Um, she makes the uh, the pilot, and then she wears the pilot helmet, helmet you know, outside for whatever reason. And it's I mean it's just cool. I don't know. And like the like in in the scene where you know she first hears BB-8 mm-hmm. and the other whatever. I forget that character's name. It's just a weird alien. Yeah. Say that. And like, literally, she's like sitting there with the helmet on, and like when she hears it, she jerks her head, and it causes the visor to fall. I don't know if yeah. you noticed yeah. that. No, yeah, yeah. And it's and just like it's just so, like this is gonna sound almost creepy, but it, like it's so innocent looking. Yeah. You know, right. and in, like, but I just feel like all of a sudden, like the second that something interesting happens in her life, she's like, oh, I understand how to. Deal, with, deal with this, and I mean that's it's insane. Not to mention like when she actually goes for her staff, it's like a mile away. Uh-huh. Like if that's her one form of protection, why not keep it closer? <laughs> yeah. And yet she like hides it like on the like near towards one of the end of the other feet, that are like dangling all the way on the other side of her little hideaway. 
but I don't know. And then, She's busy collecting parts. I mean, that's true. I know. But then she was back there cooking up her one portion. What do you oh, think yeah. of the one, one quarter portion? What do you think of the one quarter portion? Do you think it looks appetizing or not? No. <laughs> no, not at all? No. Like, what would you think it would taste like? Cardboard. Cardboard? <laughs> yeah. I was. I always kind of looked at it and saw it was like an, like an algae burger. Yeah. You know, like if you were if you were to make a, a loaf of bread out of like scum off the top of your aquarium, basically, uh-huh. that's that's what she it gets. It reminds me of like MREs. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what yeah. they are. Yeah. Cause like just a add, self-contained just, meal well, that just, probably tastes like garbage. Yeah, so. you just add a little water and... Yeah, that was actually a really unique way that they made it work because it made mm-hmm. it look real lifelike, and she was able to just grab it and go off and yeah, eat it. Mm-hmm. takes a bite out of it even. That's right. that's really rad. I, I mean, maybe there's something real to it. I don't know, I, but I think things it's exciting. That, things that I would try: her stew that she has going on. <laughs> All right, I can get behind that. So she has to make she has to make do with what she has, basically. That's right. I feel um, like it's like womp rat stew. Yeah. Wrong, wrong planet, but close Still, enough. There's a, no, uh, if you're going towards Aftermath, which we did recently, uh-huh. uh, the Skitter Mouse or That's whatever. Right. So skitter there's, mouse. there's Skitter Mouse too. Ah. But regardless. So then we go back to the Star Destroyer. We got Finn. We got Poe. Finn's like, I got to get him out of here. Kylo wants the prisoner. And all of a sudden he's like, I'm here to rescue you. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I need to get you out. Are you with the Resistance? What? No. You know, and he's like. It's like, I'm just trying to do you, get you out of here because it's the right thing to do. And he's like, you need a pilot. I need a pilot. It's like, <laughs> right then and there, it's kind of like, okay. It's a little silly. And the but romance is born. The romance is born. Yeah. And when they actually get into the TIE fighter and they're flying away and all this kind of stuff. I don't know how anyone doesn't like abruptly stop Finn like as he's walking across the hangar in the first place. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, maybe they were just that cocky. They were like, no one can really escape from us. Right. Or whatever. And then... That whole sequence right there is one of my favorite in the entire movie. It's just them taking out gun after gun on the Star Destroyer. I agree. It's just that back, like the literal back to back, kind of like Dak and Luke. And it's Uh just like, you know, where are they at? It's on your left. Over here, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. the genuine thrill that you get out of that scene because, like, Finn gets his name from that scene. Yeah. It's like, I ain't saying all that. (laughs) FN2187. Yeah. So that's the only thing I ever, that's the only name they ever gave me. And, like, that also tells you that much more about his background. Yeah. He never knew his parents. Like, he yeah. never even knew his real name. They, right. It's just a number. Did he ever have a real name? Now he does. Well, he probably, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the assumption is, I mean, the kind of lore of it all is that he, that the First Order, starting in the Aftermath books, actually, like, mm. is literally stealing children from planets that right. it's, mm-hmm. like, harassing or whatever. It's, it, it is kind of sadistic the way they do it, but, like... Brendel Hux, uh, Armitage Hux, Hux, General Hux's dad. Yes. Uh, he kind of liked the way that the Jedi did things, where they got uh, younglings while they were still young and malleable. They were able to kind of work out all the um, the ties to family and home and stuff like that. So they were more sensitive to you know their teachings, and he kind of just adapted that and just went further, and thus made like these brainwashed soldiers basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And somehow like his programming just didn't work. I yes. don't know. Just it's, didn't take. He's it, just too good. He's just too good, man. And I don't know. I, I really... Too charismatic. I really dig Finn Handsome. That. Well, he is handsome. He I mean, is. Come on. Yeah. It's a good looking movie. Let's let's not fool anybody. <laughs> yeah, it's true. The, the trio, like our new trio is... Oh my God, handsome. They're pretty. I, I would for all three. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so, oh, what the hell. So, um... After it's all said and done, they crash back on Jakku, and 
like Finn doesn't even think about this when he's taking all of his armor off, but he clearly leaves a trail, you yeah. know, leading back to whatever outpost he's at and everything like that. And then the he, Nema outpost, the Nema outpost, and he goes and drinks out of the trough, which like the giant oh, herbivore, I think, or whatever it's yeah. called, the Hapivore. I think it's the Hapivore. I don't know something. Yeah, but the, it's like a giant elephant thing with yes. it, like, and it's just like it's just drinking out of that disgusting water. But I can imagine it had to taste sweet as hell. Yeah, after all right. the crap that he had to like walk through the freaking desert well, and everything. Yeah. Like it's just insane, and then, and then she's like, he sees Ray like come into contact with like two of Uncar Plett's gang members, uh-huh. and you know she's like under attack more or less, and he's like, I gotta go help her for whatever reason. Like he's just like he has that stoicism about him, and the then force all this, works in mysterious ways. Yeah, and then he, he just he goes over and she's like, I don't need you, and then BB-8's like, that's my master's jacket, and he starts like backing away and ray just like cracks him on the head yeah ridiculous yes, yes. I, I, she is a strong independent woman don't need no, no man, man. <laughs> <laughs> well it's just it and it's just like where'd you get that jacket from it's like oh I don't know. you know <laughs> but you're your master and everything like that and like bbh just shocking the hell out of him mm. i don't know <laughs> like he tased him real hard yeah he's like would you stop that like <laughs> he is just taking all the all the abuse we talked about punching bags before in star wars history yes finn's the punching bag in this film for, for sure. sure yeah oh, he in gets... much the same way of of obi-wan in episode three <laughs> luke <laughs> and 3po in episode five yeah so we're getting there gang. Yes. it's all about odds yes uh yeah three five seven now that i think about it uh, Never tell me the odds. <laughs> so it makes you wonder who's going to be the punching bag in episode nine, if that's the case. That's a good question. I mean, it's probably going to be three PO again. They love they love Aww. messing with three PO. Yeah. I know, I know. Poor um, guy. So uh, after all that's said and done, the first order attacks. I mean, what's your opinion on the sequence? Whenever they're actually escaping the outpost, what do you think would have happened if they had taken the quad jumper? Do you think the story would have been different? I mean, I think it would have been a real short story. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but, like, I, I mean, just imagine the fact, like, what if the quad jumper turned into the new Millennium Falcon of the series? Well, and everyone was obsessed it ha- with it. It would have to look a lot better than the <laughs> ship that they put in the film well, it, this as is the quad a fun, jumper. This is a fun fact. Ben Quadranero actually invented the quad jumper. Of course he did. I don't know. I mean, I'm just making that up. <laughs> but, I, mean, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. If, if the EU were still in place, that would 100% be... <laughs> A fact. <laughs> so true. Uh, but yeah, so the quad jumper explodes and the famous line now, the garbage will do. Yes. And they walk over. Not that one. That's garbage. garbage. <laughs> they walk right back over and get back onto the ship and everything. It's amazing. And then they just get on it. For whatever reason, like she knows how to do all this stuff. And again, it's all explained in the book. You she know. is a pilot. She is a pilot. She said as much. Like She says it real quick once it's all said and done. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're talking to each other all excitedly. She's like... I've flown before, but I've never made it to space. Like that's like she says it like that. Like it's yeah. just quick. Mm-hmm. It's like a blink and you miss yeah. it. But so she's amazing. That whole sequence of them flying away from Nima Outpost and escaping the, the two like TIE fighters is amazing. And then they actually get back up into space and everything, and all of a sudden they get swallowed up by like a whale shark of a ship. Yeah. That so, was a weird <laughs> ship. It is a weird ship. I wanna settle on that for a moment. On okay. Cause like that sequence is unbelievable and it's awesome and like it is 
like the moment that I think we realized like, okay, we are in a new era of star, like of Star Wars filmmaking as much mm-hmm. as anything, you know, because yeah. I mean, we know like we've talked previously about how much like the quality of CGI, etc., improves like even between episode two and three. Oh yes, for sure. But now it's like, okay, we have this plus we have all these other like massive mega franchises and all this massive Disney money behind it. And we're just going to make the coolest thing you've ever seen. Like, this is what you dreamt about when you, you know, saw the the Falcon doing these little, like, barrel rolls in Empire or Return the original. Jedi, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. They didn't list lazily to the left. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. Uh, so, I mean, and it's just like them. So, why is it that whenever everyone goes for the guns, they never go for the top ones? They always go for the bottom? <laughs> yeah. I would personally always think to go top right because like i would think that your line of sight from the bottom one would be significantly impaired right like i mean i I guess it's not like i mean i guess it's all relative because you're not really necessarily facing up or down or whatever no well that it's such a weird thing in the first place because it is disorienting when it comes to like the way that the millennium falcon works so whenever you go into the central like the central tunnel where the turrets are eva yeah it's like the, once you get in there, gravity inverts. So, like, that's why whenever you see Han and uh, Luke in the original one, like, and they're just sitting normally, it seems that way. Like, whenever they're in the tunnel, for whatever reason, like, gravity itself shifts and they're able to kind of, like, get their equilibrium behind them. That way they're yeah. not, like, hanging down or, like, trying to hold on while they're upside down or something like that. Like That would be cool, though. It would be cool. But it, <laughs> it's be just, very difficult. It is very difficult yeah. to explain, but that's just exactly it. And so, like, the way they're looking straight up, like, you know, it's just all glass there, but the gun's facing, you know, this way, and they're mm-hmm. looking up like that. It's just, I don't know, it's bizarre. Yes. But, yeah, for whatever reason, like, po- or uh, Finn goes for the bottom turret in The Force Awakens. Ray goes for the bottom one in The Last Jedi. Yep. And it's like, why? Like, yeah. like you said, it would make more sense for the top. Well, it's The Force. It's calling to them. Yeah. Because that's reason. the one that Luke used. I guess it's also the one that Beckett used. Yeah. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Ah. Uh, but... The other thing that I want to say with this, before we bog down too much, cool. is I. this is something that I just don't like and I don't buy why the Falcon is on Jakku. Right. <laughs> I, I, yeah. How did it end up there in the first place? That's There's a right. whole story about that. Like, how did Han lose it? And, like, apparently he's lost them before. Hondo Anak has stolen it a number of times. Right. There's a whole story about that. There's a whole book about that. Yeah, and I mean, maybe we'll see, you know, more of that information as we go along, but... Yeah. Uh, Wouldn't it be ironic if he lost it gambling? That would that would be the ultimate irony. Yeah. yeah. But, like, that's just something... Maybe this is, like, my expanded universe brain or something, but I just don't accept, like... Like, Han, like in the expanded universe, like, Han Solo and the Millennium Falcon are one character. Yeah. Like, you can't have one without the other. Yeah. yeah. So, like, the notion that he would have lost it, and then it was stolen, and then it was stolen again, and then uh, Finn and Ray steal it from Unkar Plett. It's just, like, that's mine! Whatever, yeah. yeah. Simon Pegg. It just, yeah, it's it's too much. It's a bridge too far. <laughs> well, yeah, and then, so, like, going back into space and everything, and they mm-hmm. have a little moment, and they get swallowed by the whale shark. Um I know I just call it that, but it's kind of what it is. <laughs> There's that moment whenever uh, Finn's like looking up to see what's going on. He actually climbs up onto the dashboard, and it's fun because like when he puts his hand on top of Ray's head, like she's just furious with him, like get off, like doing that whole thing. Mm-hmm. 
apparently they did that take like 27 times or something like that. <laughs> and she was just so flippant with it by that yeah. point that that's the one that they used. Yeah. Like she was just so upset. And they, yeah, like probably JJ's like started like, normal, like, just like, get off. What? Or, yeah. You know, and whatever. Like, and then, <laughs> yeah. Stop. You know, it's like if I stepped on your toe, it's like, <laughs> you know, but, um, and he's like, we got the first order and then they get pulled in there and then they, they plan on like poisoning whoever comes on board. And that's one of the best reveal shots in the entire movie. Yes, the best hero shot that has ever been paid off in any film that I can think of. And that was the one that like got everyone's blood pumping when yeah. it came to the trailer. Yes. Yeah. Like, that was the tagline for the first full trailer, was just, Chewie, we're home. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah! Like, I, I'll still watch that trailer today, and it gives yeah. me chills. You know but what also, I mean? when we went to go see the movie, didn't the whole like theater start clapping? clapping. They were just like, hell yeah. Yeah. Out, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. It was insane. I believe we all did see it together. Yeah. Oh, we did. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but, and that was also back in the day when you couldn't choose your seats. So right. <laughs> it was very yeah. limited. Yeah. Um, but it worked out. Uh, and then after the fact that they go in there... Now, let me ask around the horn here. Um, what do you guys think of the Raftars, the crazy tentacle beasts that Han has apparently procured? They're pretty cool. They're pretty cool, but they're scary. <laughs> they're pretty scary. And it is kind of out of nowhere, for that matter, too. You know? Like, I mean, the, I, always, I always specify that the galaxy is a big freaking place. But, you know, it could have just as easily been a Rancor or, you know, like a baby Sarlacc, like we've seen in comics and stuff like that. But a Raftar, it's 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 intimidating. I hate it. You hate it? Aww. Yeah. Ooh. This is, like, so basically, I mean, s- starting roughly with, like, the garbage. And <laughs> continuing into this part, like, I this part of the movie is my by far and away my least favorite. Okay. So like, like the- it just, it loses so much steam in the Raftar sequence that's fair I agree like i just don't like like i just don't like the wrath tars like i wish they had done something that looked a little more real and yeah. like i still feel like there's just like image composition issues with that sequence you know i mean this is you know gi- you know give abrams all the credit in the world for wanting to put everything in camera but like then you can just very clearly tell like the cgi wrath tar from the real set that they're on yeah i can give it that I mean, there. I mean, I remember seeing points of like when they broke down how you know the uh, the effect the effects worked for that scene, and like I think it was just you know they, you see Han like trying like balance himself like away from you know what the Raftar is supposed to be and everything like that, and it is just, I mean, once it's all finally said and done, like yeah, it looks intimidating, but again, like you said, it's it's very obvious. I don't know. I believe they rectified this in the Lego Star Wars game. Okay. <laughs> Everything was... looks very uh exact. Yeah. Like it all very looks well the same. Done. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping you would bring that up because <laughs> so for what it's worth, I mean when we talk lore and stuff like that, you actually have some like yeah. some uh some some knowledge to put down on that because the Force Awakens game has the Raftar like <laughs> bonus level, sure. and you and I play because there's a famous line that that Han says. It's like I used to have a bigger crew. This this mission explains what happened to that crew. <laughs> yeah. So it's fun, but uh, that's also the one I gave you. I, you know, yeah. You know, so it'll be we, exciting. We're starting to work through. We're doing Lego uh, Marvel Lego superheroes. Nice, too. nice. Oh, that's a good one. Good yeah. choice. Yeah. Um, but back at it. Uh, so Sorry, after, got no, derailed. No, it's fine. It makes sense. But beyond the Raftars, beyond everything else, so she's like, all right, we got to get you, you know, Han's like, we got to get you somewhere good. Well, first of all, 
This movie, I know, I'm sorry. This movie is like, it's, it just goes above and beyond to be like, hey, you know all that stuff we could have done before? We're doing it now. Han's like, oh yeah, we're going to leave the hangar at light speed. Yeah. Like, we, for whatever reason, we don't need, like, clear space around us. Yeah. And not to mention, like, when they actually hit light speed there, like, obviously the Raftar's on the cab and, like, trying to bite through the glass and everything like that, but... The, the the power behind the engine should basically just, like, eviscerate everyone who's standing behind them. Not yeah. just blow them back, but, like, straight up just dismantle like just dis- them. Yeah, like, the ship should just cease to exist, basically. <laughs> the, the, so, the shark, whale shark, or whatever you call yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. act like Han would care about that. He, he, well, he, he might have done like, it on purpose. But. He's like, what was the line that he even said? He's like, I never asked that question until I've done it. Like, yeah. Have you ever done this before? I never asked that until I've done yeah. it. Yeah. Mm. No, that's that's so true. And like I made a note about this that it's just like he just wants to play with every rule of hyperspace right? travel. <laughs> like, no, he really does. It's because he's older and wiser. He's had many years <laughs> in or, hyperspace. Or he's older and knows that his life is gonna end one way or another soon. Too soon. <laughs> Might as well Too just... soon. <laughs> <laughs> um but poor Chewie gets shot in the arm. Yeah. That was Aww. terrifying. Yeah, and yeah. that sound that he makes. It's, I mean, it's like stepping on Callie's tail, it's man. It's haunting, yes. It's, it's terrifying. It's like, it, that'll wake you up in the middle of the Just night. instant yes. guilt. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and then I do love the, like, the, you know, the back and forth between him and Finn. Finn's trying to patch him up yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And then fast forward to when they're actually on, you know, the resistance base and Chewie's getting patched up by the doctor. And she's yeah. like, yes, I bet you were real brave. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. It's so cute. It's just him going, you know, like whatever, his little barks. Yeah. Um, but before all that, before we get any further to that, I mean, it, we still got a lot to cover. We got the whole, all of Taco Donna to talk about and Maz's castle and everything like that. So I've been talking for a while. I want to kind of spread it out here. Um, when it comes to Taco Donna and everything that kind of goes with it, um, you know, the castle itself, the setting of the, you know, the, of the planet and everything. Like, what are some things that jump out to you guys? Like that you really liked? I don't know. Like, obviously we had a lot of flags right at the beginning. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like lore in those flags. We see the Mandalorian flag. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, the Hondo Onaka gang flag is yeah, up there. You can see that one for sure. So, and I mean, maybe the resistance flag, maybe the Imperial flag. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I, Overall, I don't really have any issues with the castle. I mean, it's there's there's this moment like when they first walk in and like you just start to see all these crazy aliens and it's right. like, yeah. oh yeah, nice JJ, you're just gonna make a new cantina scene. Basically. That's what it reminded me of for sure. And it's it's not any of the normal aliens either. It's a brand new batch of you right. know different species, which again, big galaxy, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but but that's always that has been like an issue of mine, and you know even in like a lot of e or uh, new. Like book continuity, etc. Yeah. It's like, it's like where this the, character should be a Rodian, but instead, or Twi'lek, or yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you say Twi'lek or Twi'lek. I say Twi'lek. I always say Twi'lek. I just say it fast. Yeah. Or, or Twi'lek. I don't know. Depends on how you pronounce it. But exactly, yeah. Somebody, Rodian. somebody's gonna go back through all these episodes and be like, um, actually, you saying. <laughs> well, this goes back to what I was saying before about Yinzer stuff. That's your Yinzer. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Twi'lek. But anyways, yeah, Rodian, Twi'lek, uh, you know. Horan or yeah, anything like that, or yeah. even another Wookiee, man. Ishi Tib, give me an Ishi Tib. <laughs> well, so there is a delete, there is a deleted scene um, from the like opening part of the you know the bar scene, the cantina scene in this mm-hmm. flick, where Unkar Plutt actually comes across Ray, 
like she follows him or he follows her all the way there uh-huh. and then Chewie's standing next to her and like he's like what he's like a Wookiee with a bandaged arm is like no Wookiee at all and all of a Aww. sudden Wookiee er, <laughs> Chewie grabs one of Unkar's arms and literally rips just it rips off. it off it's, <laughs> yeah it's it you could still find it online it's a deleted scene and like it's it's, it's almost all it's almost all you know rendered and everything like that but like mm-hmm. you could see chewy just fling the arm and it falls on a craps table and the people who are playing they're like ah! and they just like flick it off and continue playing <laughs> so total like scum and villainy thing yeah I that, they should have kept that in but it's they had to make the pg yes yeah. you know well yeah but it was like, you know, you always hear that stuff about, you know, a Wookiee could rip arms out of your socket. Why not see it? <laughs> yeah. We didn't, show us. we didn't see it until that's, freaking... That's a George Lucas staple. Yeah. Show, don't tell. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Although he definitely lost his way, but that's... We're, <laughs> we are well past those movies. I know, I know. Um, but yeah, what's your opinion on Maz, everyone? She's cool. You like I her? I like her. Well, I mean, like, when you first saw her, was it, I mean, like... In the way of like the way that she's presented and like rendered and everything like that, like that's one of the more uh, better rendered characters in the story. Yeah, I yeah, agree. I agree. Like, there's like a this is gonna sound like a really weird parallel, but there's like this Hulk quality to it, where like you just see all these like tiny little facial twinges and yeah, you know, and muscle movements that like you just don't see in other CGI characters. Mm. That right. just makes it look much more realistic. I mean, you can almost make it look too realistic and kind of bring it to this uncanny valley point, but yeah. you know, but like you know, it, it's been a long time since you've watched an Avengers MCU movie and been like, I don't That's, believe that the Hulk know, is not the Hulk, yeah. right? No, I could see that. I mean, it, and also not to mention the fact that uh, Lapita uh, Nyong'o mm-hmm. uh, is good job again. Yeah, you. you just really like saying her name. I'm sorry, I just want to be proud of it. For, like, I how do we? That was like all the way back in like our second or third episode. I was like Lapita Nyanga or whatever. Oh, yeah. I really yes. butchered it, and like from then I was just like that. That's just my thing now. Like I can't say anyone's name. Um, but like you know, it's it's fun to realize like that's actually like you know she's doing the motion capture for it and everything yeah. too. Mm-hmm. You know, like on the floor and everything and doing all that. And not to mention that, like, she has such a resounding voice that she, she's able to bring the entire cantina to a stop. Yeah. And then, like, Han's just like, oh, boy, you know. <laughs> hey, Mars! You know. But that's just it. Yes. One of my favorite things is when she does the thing with her glasses and, and it like, changes, like, the focus. The focus. It's <laughs> like, like, Solo, what's she doing? What is she doing? And it's like, <laughs> she's, like, crawling on the table towards her. <laughs> it's, like, so weird and, like, kind of, like... It's like that moment in uh, Ricky Bobby, where she's like, "What are you doing?" It's like you kind of remind me of that girl from the White Snakes video, like just crawling on, the, on the, hood of the car. It's like, no one look, we're gonna make animal noise. Right. <laughs> oh my god. I um, do like, and I will say, I love like Finn and Han like on Takodana. They have a good. They have a good thing. Cause yeah. He's like, I'm a pretty big deal. Yeah. He's Solo. Like, Did you just call, just me, call Solo? me Solo? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, and it's just a good back and forth, and like even Chewie uh, just staying back, and like in Maz was like, "Where's my boyfriend?" Like, yeah. not even hi, just where is he? Like, yeah. I want him. Yeah. So it's cute. I wish we could have seen more with that. Yeah, but um, I ship him. Yeah, <laughs> it's a cute little couple. Well, how thing. does how does Mala fit into that then? Oh, well, it's a big galaxy. <laughs> we always get back to that, man. Um, but. Obviously, there's another big moment in this uh, whole scene where Ray, um, 
leaves the table after Finn's like, I'm going to, you know, I'm this is where I, I'm stepping off. I'm just going to try and get it as far away as I can. Craven. Craven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, she runs off. And then it's just Maz and Solo at the table. And Maz looks at Solo and goes, who's, who's, who's she? The, who is the girl? Yeah. So who's like, what's the story? What's her story or whatever? And then it cuts to her going down into, you know, the crypt and finding Luke's light, you know, lightsaber and all yes. that kind of stuff. The thing I want to bring up is that line and that whole conversation that we missed between Maz and Solo. Now, with everyone's theories about Episode Nine, mm-hmm. do you think there there will be a flashback to that particular conversation? Do I hope so. You, do you think Han has something to do? Do you think he actually knows who Rey is? Because by this point, like, he's really impressed with her. Like, she knows her way around the ship, and he's even offered her a job slightly. Yeah. You know? I mean... Thinking about it. Thinking about mm-hmm. it. But still, like, do you think we'll see something like that? Do you think there'll be any kind of resolution? I don't know. I hope so. Yeah? Yeah. It's like... I mean... What do you think it could... It would be, it would be a great way to sort of tie up those loose ends. Right. Right. And I mean, I think certainly... I mean, I think... You know, Abrams is clearly making it look like Han seems to know something about her. There are moments where and, it's like she, he catches like himself looking at her. Yeah. And like, you know, it just kind of a, a, has that moment of recognition, like yeah. you say. You know. Plus, we could use uh, another Han flashback, I think. Well, well yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, what if we actually, you know, what if Harrison Ford like, is right. actually doing it you know <laughs> like oh. like, like it's not just like not even like not just a voiceover but you actually see him somehow like there's like a hollow vid of it or something right mm-hmm. like uh, when Maz has like a recorder in those glasses of hers yes oh. which would oh. seem to make sense yeah well still we need to know what the story is of how she came across that freaking lightsaber <laughs> and to her. second most importantly uh oh did you find a hand with it <laughs> Yeah, they did, uh, yeah. Somebody has definitely done that joke. It's like a meme or something. Yeah, yeah it's like I a, sent you a thing this morning. Was it? It was. Um, Mark Hamill was doing like a, a video with fans or whatever. Oh my god! And some guy was holding a lightsaber, and he's like, "Here," and Han's like, "Do you find a hand with that?" <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, still, it's just like, what is the story behind that? Because we've talked about this before. This is the lightsaber he lost at Cloud City. And the moment that we think that he really lost it was like he fell through that like that hole at the bottom and he ended up on the weather vane. And there's no real idea of like refuse or garbage Mm -hmm. or anything like that. It's just this. And we know that something else does fall out with him. Yeah. Which looked kind of (laughs) hand-shaped. Yes. Hand holding a lightsaber shape. It just didn't make any sense. So that's if there's anything to be concluded in episode nine, it has to be. How did Maz find this? Or at least put out a companion novel, for goodness sake, man. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm like, If there's one thing I'm still super obsessed with, it's not even like, who raised parents? What's the deal with Snoke? It's like, <laughs> where'd the lightsaber come from? Yeah. Because they could have just as easily, just as easily, put a, a random lightsaber in there. Like mm-hmm. another dead Jedi's lightsaber yeah. or something like that. It didn't have to be Anakin and Luke's. Right. But and now it's like a big deal. and everyone These are those hard-hitting questions that only... <laughs> That you'll only hear on Greedo Shot first. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I know. And like, I keep you up at night. No, I'm yeah. Just like, 
It's, it's that, true. It's that I meme of like, I bet, I bet, I bet he's you, thinking you about, about other, other girls. Yeah. It's like, why did Maz like hold on to this the entire Like, where did she get the lightsaber? That's me. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the, well, for whatever it's worth, like, this is a plot point, like, in the expanded universe as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. In the Legacy of the Force series, uh, Ben, Luke's son in that story it mm-hmm. don't don't read too much into it yeah it's very confusing <laughs> um he is actually is using luke's original original Ooh. which was recovered i guess like via thrawn yeah i mean i guess it will also he gave it to uh mara i yes. believe right yeah uh, but when... then eventually she makes her own and then they pass that one down to ben yeah and he so uses it i was gonna say you think ben just kind of cheated his way through that because isn't that supposed to be a rite of passage? Yeah, it's like, I already brought mine. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the argument <laughs> is that when like the expanded universe, like ongoing story ends, Ben is not considered like a Jedi Knight. He's yeah. still like a a youngling, Padawan, yeah, yeah. something like that. Um, but beyond that, uh, they like so they just never address it really. There, like they, you know, we never get resolution about. Well, this is we we found the hand and, and the lightsaber. <laughs> And this is how we found it. I know. Um, this is a great episode seven review. We're just like focused on like the hand and the lightsaber yeah. at this point. Like I think we spent a little bit like the last ten minutes just arguing over where this hand came or the the yeah you know what I'm saying. So how about back to the flash or Ray's vision? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And something that we did talk about early on in the episode that I talked about. Mm-hmm. There's a certain person who provides a certain sound. In that vision. Are you talking about... Mm, are you talking about Ewan McGregor? Or are you ta- talking about Darth Vader? I'm talking about Ewan McGregor. Ooh. And Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes. So, I mean, elaborate on that, if you will. So, uh, you know, there is a moment kind of like Anakin uh, in episode two, where we hear Liam Neeson come back and say, Anakin, No! <laughs> No. Uh, <laughs> um, we hear Ewan McGregor, and it is Ewan McGregor. Yes. And he says, Ray! Ray. <laughs> and also, he does say, these are your first steps. Yes. It's a, it's a combination between his voice and Alec Guinness's voice, the original yes. Obi-Wan. Um, and it hits the, like, you know, these are your first steps. And, like, it's just, it resonates. It's yeah. interesting. And who knows if it's super intentional to the point of, like, her lineage or anything like that, or if it's just meant to be like hey remember this guy he was there you know because yeah. i mean yeah. they, like who can we get to just do like a a good a like jedi voice it's like oh how about the the only jedi that matters yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh so there's all that and then like obviously one of the scenes is like it's of uh cloud city like whenever uh luke and darth had their their duel in the clouds there's a, there's a moment where like the set goes to that and then they show the Knights of Ren who just are there and then they're not. Again, teased. Like yeah. you wouldn't freaking believe. <laughs> well, this is this is the J.J. Abrams mystery box, like, <sighs> explained. Right. <laughs> like, oh, get ready for the Knights of Ren for about 2.5 seconds. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. You know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a J.J. Abrams thing. Like, you know, honestly, I appreciate most of the work that he did on this movie, but, like, you know, he also like he does these mystery box things that look cool, and then he never pays them off, never finishes them. 
that's what I'm afraid of. And what? like, I don't, you know, I mean, and obviously, I mean, you can, you can question like some of Ryan Johnson's decisions because that probably derailed the possibility of some of these things having a more full payoff anyway. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know. He, like, he clearly did this to throw in a bunch of misdirection, which is probably why Obi-Wan's voice is there. Yeah. I mean, just to add to the, you know, the mystery and the motif and all that. I can see that. Uh, of the whole big battle with the First Order, you know, attacking uh, the castle, Maz's castle. What was a favorite moment of yours, uh, the whole thing? Well, so this is actually something that I was going to talk about, like, when we were talking about, like, Kylo and his, like, force freeze power. Ooh, like, with Rey. Yes. Like, that is, like, a genuinely fairly scary scene. Like, her, like, panicked running through the forest and... She's just shooting back, yeah. like, you know, Wildly. Wildly, yeah. yeah. I mean, you said as much... she's not aiming, she's just... She's panicked. And just, like, <laughs> a, like you know, just yeah. hoping to hit him. And right. he's just batting him off like it's nothing. Yeah. And she's this, you know, otherwise, cal- you know, cool, calm, collected character who, like, pre- you know, prevents the Falcon from blowing up in hyperspace. It's just like... <laughs> I bypassed the compressor! <laughs> She's kind of like C-3PO manifest at that point because yeah. Han just has that look of disgust on his face. He's like, well, of course you had to bypass the compressor. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it is genuinely scary and especially the fact of like, where is the droid? Like he puts the, the sword to her neck. Mm-hmm. And like, again, going back to what you were saying at the beginning, Eva, the, the, the lighting, mm-hmm. this is where you really get to see it shown off because I mean, it's just, this is middle of the day bright sunshine and everything like that and you could still see the red of the blade right the snarl and all that i don't know it's it's intimidating um but i'd have to say like my favorite part once everything's all said and done is whenever they uh you know everyone starts looking towards the lake and you just see all this mist right flying up and then they they just zoom in on it bunch of x-wings yes the resistance Everyone's showing off, and like that, and all of a sudden it just goes crazy. The resistance fighters in those in the in the X wings, they are crack shots. They are. <laughs> I mean, when we were watching this the other day, how could can you believe that they were able to just like take the stormtroopers out one by one? Yeah, no, like, no, like in like around Han and Chewie. Yeah, like. it's like they, they had the force on their side. You know, <laughs> they were just taking them out, and then Han is like, "Get the weapons, go, go, go." Now, here's another thing. Okay, wait. Go. I want to talk about my favorite part real quick. Go ahead. Because you sound real excited. I'm so very excited. So I'll, I'll let you be excited after this, but... I'm going to let you finish. Uh, thanks. I have to Kanye West you real quick. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part was when Han took Chewie's, like, crossbow. That's exactly what yes, I was going to get yes. into. Oh, but it's just that like... That was the best. He's like, can I, can I have that, yeah, right? And then yeah. And I like this. I like this. <laughs> How long have they been a partner? It's like yeah. partnership, and he's never tried it once. Yeah, like he took Luke's lightsaber for Christ's sake. Like yeah. you think at one point they would just be having target practice on some backwater world. Maybe yeah. Chewie just doesn't like to share. And then, yeah, he could be territorial well, that yes, way. Yes, exactly. And like Chewie's still a little banged up. He's got that broken wing. You know, yeah. bum got, wing. That's a shooting arm. <laughs> but it's still just like you know. Out of every, oh, and then going back to you know him, <laughs> ha, you know having the freaking crossbow. I know I'm excited about this. So there's a point, and I pointed this out to you as well, Eva. It was like when whenever Finn is being attacked by the other FN, I forget his signature. Do you know it? 
No. But, but the guy who shouts, traitor! Yeah. Right? And he comes yeah. at him with, like, the stun staff or whatever. And, like, he's about to come down on him. And all of a sudden, he gets blown back by a crossbow, like, uh, you know, uh, bolt. Um, Han's running up holding the crossbow. And he doesn't hand it to Chewie. He basically smacks him with it. Yeah. And, like, Chewie is just deaf enough to, like, dive to the side. Yeah. But, like, it's not even just, like, so much, like, hold off to it. It's just, like, right up, like, smacking him in the back of the face practically. Chewie's yes. used to it. I'm sure he is. But, again, for all we know, this is the first time. It seems like it's the first right. time he's had this freaking crossbow. I don't know. Maybe he, like, recently upgraded it or something. Oh, it could be. Yeah. Something. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, you see the, the you know, the... The amount of firepower in that crossbow is pretty incredible. I don't think we've ever seen it's that pretty before. Intense. It's pretty intense. Yes. Um, and then, I mean, just kind of fast forwarding a little bit, we, uh, you know, I think when we cut back to uh, Kylo and Hux on the bridge of the ship, and this is like the first time that, you know, I think we learned something interesting about Kylo. Like, not only are his force powers very different from what we've previously seen, mm-hmm. but we also get our first glimpse at the fact that he is just a creepy teenager, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With anger control problems. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine how excited he was when he learned that My Chemical Romance was coming back. Yes. Like, he was just that, t- he was that stoked and he realized that he, like, accidentally cut his record player in half and he got even that much more angry. Yeah. But- Isn't emo Kylo a meme? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, it has to be somewhere. Um, but... Well, apparently, uh, not to derail this too much, but uh, <laughs> Spotify at one point did like these sponsored playlists from oh. a bunch of different Star Wars characters. I'm sure, oh, cool. and like his is just all like, <laughs> like er- yeah, early aughts emo, and like <laughs> it's wonderful. I wouldn't expect anything less. Yeah, that actually sounds pretty good. We should look that up. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think um, I think I heard that like. Krennix for whatever reason they did one for him but it's like this kind of like like I don't know if this is these are like actually songs that like Ben Mendelsohn likes or something oh god but it's like this eclectic mix of like early punk like like late 70s Brit like Brit pop punk no way yeah. and like other kinds of like new wave and things like that that's kind of rad yeah I mean honestly I mean he's he's from that region maybe I mean, well I, he's from Australia Australia sorry but at the same time like <laughs> I mean, the punk could go there. You never Absolutely. know. The, the, the pop invasion and all that. That's pretty rad. Yes. Uh, getting back to Hux and Kylo and their whole dynamic through the whole thing. Um, the first time we actually see Snoke. Now, f- for your for your sakes, the first time that you, <laughs> we see Snoke. I'm just this is um, this is me asking. Did you think he was actually that big? No. no. But I w- I did think that he was very large. Well, at like I was like, wow, that's a big guy. I remember thinking of that <laughs> when we saw that in theater, like, okay, so the first order is just taking orders from a giant. Yeah, like it's literally just like. Well, and now I'm thinking, like, was he in one of the trailers? No, just the voice. Okay, we never actually saw him until that point. Okay, you know, and that's thought, just it. Yeah, I almost thought that was like a trailer trick that they kind of pulled. Was like they did a version where he didn't look like he was a hologram. Mm. Why do I feel like I remember this? Yeah, but like they just now. actually made it look like he was like there. Yeah. Well, you might be thinking of the Last Jedi one because he was heavy in that. Yeah. You know, but I mean that's just me. I don't know. I I remember distinctly like when we saw it in theaters and like just the huge you know area that he was in and like everything. It just looked like he was a giant. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like the hologram fizzles out, and it's like, 
oh, that yeah. makes more sense. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, like it, it got me. It really got <laughs> yeah. me. But yeah, I mean, but I would also agree that I probably thought that he wasn't just going to be like, you know, five foot ten average height, uh, <laughs> hunched human over male. Cane. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, maybe he is now. You never know. Who come, knows? Come episode nine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's just my deal. And I honestly liked what, like, how they kept him, you know, at bay. Like, it, he wasn't overly used as much. Mm-hmm. And it, if they wanted to make Snoke, like, the big bad for all three, like, they really should have kept him off to the wings. Right. But Andy Serkis did a great job, like always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really did like his character. And like I said, the dynamic between Hux and Kylo is basically that of two... Like childhood, like bullies. Yeah, like just like rivals. Rivals. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, going up against each other and like, well, I need this, and no, I need it for that. And it's like Kylo did that. Well, yeah. Hux did this. Yeah, you know, and that's just it. They're You're just both getting detention. <laughs> is basically Snoke's conclusion. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So I don't know. I I really liked Hux in the Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I, we always talk about competent. Um, you know, it, Imperial officers and everything like that, and we're gonna get into first order officers, I'm sure. But Hux in the first one and in the Force Awakens, he, he actually comes off as like someone you would be afraid of, and especially when he gives his speech when they launch the weapon. Yeah, that's like, terrifying. It is terrifying, and he has that. He's like, and today will. Yeah, I'm not gonna scream at the freaking <laughs> mic, but like the last day of the New Republic and all this kind of stuff. Like it's terrifying. Like. You can see the menace in his eyes, and he's almost like he's just like he's like yeah. losing he's, his breath. Yeah, he's literally filled with rage. Oh. My main problem, my only problem, is that I can't disconnect him from being Bill Wills, Bill, Bill Weasley. Weasley? Yeah. yeah, I keep saying that each time we see him. I like, know, yeah. I. Bill Weasley. You can't unsee it. It's it's true. I also can't unsee him from being the guy from uh, Dread, where he was like the computer guy. But that's just me. I don't know if it's that is just you. I don't know that if anyone's just you. Sorry. But he was in that movie and he was kind of like a little like simpering weakling, you know, in that movie. He was kind of like a drug yeah. addict or something like that. But he had the same hair that Bill did. So that's kind of where I also see it too. But uh, it's just weird stuff. Yes. Back to Takodana and off to the battle and everything like that. That's also when we finally get our reunion yes. with Leia and Han and C-3PO. <laughs> yeah, everybody. He subverted himself. He put him right in there. Yes. He's like, Han Solo. <laughs> you probably did not recognize me because of the red arm. The one of the best lines in all of Star Wars history. It was. History. It was pretty great. <laughs> a... It gets me every time. It yeah. really is. It's like it's shocking, and it's just also you just see the look in Han's face where he's like, <laughs> "Oh, that's right. This is why I don't do these movies anymore." Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was Harrison Ford breaking through. Yeah, basically. I mean, it, it is funny. There, like, I mean, one of my big takeaways with the film. Is like, I mean, I think some people were like, ah, I think, you know, I think he was like a little hammy. Like, I don't know that, but like, there's so, like, there's a ton of iconic things that he says and does in this film, mm-hmm. you know, and like, he really is the center point for this film. Oh, hell yeah. You know? He is, I mean, he is one of the biggest stars out there in this film, regardless. Like, yeah. it's his swan song. Like, yeah. they, they gave him everything. Yeah. But but there is this just certain moments where like you can kind of feel the veneer like cracking a little bit, and it's mm-hmm. like yeah he he's not really feeling this. I know, and it's just it like I know he was probably in it for the paycheck and all this kind of stuff you know. But it's just like whatever he did like it, it worked towards you know towards the end of his all of his scenes and everything like that like it just you know 
he was back. He was who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then between him and Leia, they have a really cute moment and everything like that. It is a very cute moment. Like, you know. literally all of their interactions are very cute. Is yeah. like, yeah. exactly my thought on the matter. Like, by and large, I do, I take umbrage with this notion that, like, they wouldn't be together. Like... I don't understand it. Yeah. But I guess the way you would explain it is when Kylo was subverted by, like, he was, like, taken to the dark side by Snoke or whatever, like, you know, subdued or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, They, you know, they lost their, or at least Han was like, I couldn't cope with it. Yeah. I went back to the only thing, you know, that made sense to me. And, like, there's this thing, I mean, and obviously we've talked previously on the show about just how, like, Han and Luke never get a moment of closure together mm-hmm. or anything. Yeah. Um, but there's also, like, but it, that makes me wonder, like, so if he's this mad, like, you know, is, is does he try to, like, kill Luke at some point or something like that? Like, or does he blame Luke? Well, I think he does. And, like, maybe, and we never really even get an answer to that question. And that's just something that bothers me. Yeah. And like maybe the, like those negative thoughts are like why he kind of goes off the deep end, and that's why he gives away the Falcon in a you know in a bad bet. Or, yeah, I mean I kind of like that because it does give it a very human quality of like how people actually deal with grief and like right. Loss it's and, real. Yeah, to, like to, but I guess to me it's like it's real, but it's not like heroic. Well, let me ask you this: real um, isn't always heroic. Well, <laughs> you are totally correct about well, that. So, in the EU, and we won't have to go into specifics about it, but Han Solo does deal with a bout of depression, mm-hmm. and this could kind of be that leaking over into the storyline. Yeah, because he goes about it the exact same way, where he's like, "I, I went back to one of the only things that made sense to me," mm-hmm. you know, and that was just it. Like he was off doing his own adventure, completely left Leia behind, mm-hmm. you know, and barely talked to anybody, and like it just you know what happened and that it, it does leak through like i never really even thought about it that like he is suffering from some kind of depression about it yeah you know which makes sense absolutely so what do you think of the rebel base on uh what is that what's it called dakar dakar yeah, yeah. i like dakar yeah it's like a smaller version of yavin 4 i completely agree and i was telling eva this the other day when we watched it i said we both kind of have nightmares of Dakar because of the Lego Legos. game. Oh. <laughs> Every like central hub is yeah. it's like that's the central hub is Dakar. Uh-huh. And so like we're <laughs> we, you just have to get all the gold bricks. All the gold bricks <laughs> and it's like driving you mad because yeah. you're just looking around for them and everything like that. So you're constantly searching Dakar. Yeah. But, I, can, uh, I can believe that. And but, it's very uh like you know, I think that's probably filmed like either at Pinewood Studios or yeah, I think they did this one at Pinewood. Mm-hmm. They used to do them at Elstree, but Elstree couldn't hold this production. Everything, yeah. yeah. Um, and, but, like, it just, there is something that's just very distinctly, like, UK about it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> very no, British. <laughs> I could see it. I mean, it's just like the mounds were probably just pillboxes from World War Two. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, so, beyond all that, and uh, when they have their little meeting to go about it, and they're like, you know, it's, it, you know, it's just another Death Star. You know, and Han has the best line. He's like, so it's big. How do we blow it up? Yeah. Like, he doesn't even care. He's just like, you know, it's it's got to blow up or whatever. And then uh, someone pointed out, you know, he's like, you know, there's an oscillator or whatever. Oscillator 47. <laughs> Something like that. If we're able to, if we're able to, you know, cause a chain reaction, we should be able to blow it up. And Han's just like, I like this kid. Yeah. And like immediately moments later, he's like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, it, 
that whole reveal too, uh, when they're actually on Starkiller base and everything, we can get into that in a moment, but <laughs> I do love that. Yeah. Um, so they have their last moment, Han and uh, uh, Leia have their last moment before they actually fly off to Starkiller base. And that is one of the most emotional parts of the movie because yeah. it's just, mm-hmm. they don't even kiss. Mm-hmm. It's just a, you know, a tight emotional hug. And then Leia just says, if you find our son, bring him back bring him back and like you can see the resolve in han's face he doesn't want to do it mm-hmm. but he also wants to really do it like he yeah he yeah. is conflicted and it, it's it's dramatic like it's, it's some of the best acting in the entire series yeah and like there's something that's almost like more you know familiarly familiarly <laughs> intimate about like that hug as opposed to like a kiss right yeah uh, you know, it's like the, that makes them look like a couple that's been married for 30 years or whatever. Just tuck her yeah. in. And he puts his head down. And it is just, it's too sad. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Uh, but fast forward from that to Kylo and Ray having their weird moment. So we don't see Kylo's face up until this point, right? Yeah. And at some point she's like, I'm not going to talk to a monster in a mask. And he doesn't hesitate. He's just like, all right. And yeah, he pulls it right off. You and know? that is like a huge plot twist. And right. like, and I mean, I feel like I don't remember him like looking quite so handsome. Right. <laughs> like when you saw, like, for, were you expecting like some kind of disfiguration or anything like that? Like, were you expecting like what Darth Vader looked like under the helmet? Maybe like some scarring. I don't know. What do you think? You know what? I'm not really sure if I was expecting anything. I. But you weren't expecting know. a Prince freaking charming. Yeah. Like, I he mean, literally pulls it off and, like, there's yeah. a sparkle in his eye. It's like, yeah. whoa. All right, maybe I gave this whole dark side thing the wrong, you know, <laughs> yeah. wrong thought. And this is, I mean, not again, not to, like, go into the EU, but this is so Jason Solo. Like, like Jason Solo is just, like, this extremely handsome, like... He is his dad's son. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, but with his mom's best features worked in there, too. Oh, and my like, God, yeah. He's just, like, he is this pretty boy who becomes a Sith. It's Spoiler ridiculous. alert, yeah, if you wanted sorry, to read okay. that. <laughs> it's, it's like, it, no, it's not 30 books, it's, like, 10 books. Regardless. Yes. Um, so that whole situation, and like even like Kylo going up and like digging through a mine, that's something new. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we've seen... People... And like the effect, like the sound effects of the Force. It's it's <laughs> it's it's boggling. It's, it's yeah. the, you know, it's that feeling you get when you have some pressure in your ears, you're trying to like swallow and pop your ears. Like it's mm-hmm. just like you feel it fishing around. Some of the best acting that Ray has in the entire movie there too. Yes. And like that was part of her audition, I believe, was uh-huh. that scene. Mm-hmm. And then... It just gets turned around. Like, you can see Kylo is confident, and he's going after it. And all of a sudden, like, there's just that one moment, like, where he twitches, and it's that un- unsure feeling that he has. Mm-hmm. And it just gets reversed. And he's like, you're afraid you'll never be strong as Darth Vader. Like, just just screams it. Yeah. It's like, what? Yes. But still, also, <laughs> just, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think also when we were watching this the other day, um, I even mentioned to Connor, I was like, can you imagine what it was like, like filming that without the music, without right, the without, sound effects? Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. like just, I would, if it was me, I'd feel real silly. Yeah. Well, yeah. well it goes into, you know, the superhero motif where you have to like hold your hand out or right. anything like that. Yeah. Just act like you're doing this yeah. and magic and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just it. And that's, I mean, that's why I do give like this cast so much credit that you know i mean especially those two i mean Mm -hmm. far and away the best part of 
the Disney movies. I'd agree so. Like, yeah. and it's it's not even remotely close. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, they just kill it in like everything. <laughs> so, from that we go to uh, Finn and Han and Chewie getting onto the planet. And again, this is another part where Han breaks physics. Yeah, where he's like. It, you know, you can get through the uh, fractional recharge at anything, you know, nothing Less slower than, than hyperspace or whatever. He's like, we're going to make our landing at hyperspace. He's like, yep, hang on. He's like, what? <laughs> doesn't even give him a chance to think about yeah. it. And it's just that point where he pulls it out. Like, he should have been smacked right into the freaking side of that, yeah. like, uh, that, that mountain. But yeah. he didn't. Just They're bugs on lucky that the they... windshield of Starkiller Base. Yeah. Right. Real so. lucky that they haven't exploded yet. I don't even know. And like just seeing the way that it like just slowly gets right to the edge of the freaking, you know, mountain and everything. It's like the perfect stopping point and all mm-hmm. that. Um, and then they're out doing their thing and they're walking around and all of a sudden like Han's like, okay. How do we know, do this? How do we do this? He's like, well. Finn's like, oh, I just came here to get Ray. Yeah. I have no idea how to fix this. Grabs him. What? He's <laughs> like, what did you do when you were here? Sanitation. It's like, what? You know? And all of a sudden, it, still, this is one of the best exchanges in the entire movie too. We'll use the so, force. That's not how the force works. And then Chewie just going off with his thing is like, oh, really? You're cold? Like, <laughs> like that line gets yeah. me every time, too. Yeah. Um, and that has to be like just a riff that he came up with. Oh, yeah, exactly. I think it, that is part of that thing. Well, you have said it before when C-3PO uh, kind of reacts to what R2-D2 says. Mm. I'm sure Han Solo is the same way to, you know. To Chewie, yeah. To Chewie. Uh, all right. Fast forward through all that. Ray escapes. She slips by Daniel Craig. Yes. Uh, very easily. <laughs> Again, we have to talk about like a couple cameos here and there. Um, gets out there. She's able to get away. Uh, and then they find Phasma. Like she's just by herself. Han, yeah. Han and all them. And I, I really hate the fact that they undersold Phasma. Mm. Like they, we, we talk about yeah. characters who just don't get enough development. Like she was a BA. Like, I really want to love Phasma. And they don't give me that chance. No, for and sure. It makes me so sad. You have to read the Phasma book if you ever get the chance. Okay. I, I honestly think you would like it because it does it does redeem her character. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like if this was if only this was in film, then right. it would it would be you know that much more substantial. Can we petition for a standalone? Fa- oh yeah, Phasma anthology <laughs> movie. I would watch the hell out yeah. of that, especially if Gwendolyn Christie was all about doing yeah. it. Yeah, if she would do it for, I would. Certainly, I'll watch it. Um, yeah, but and that's one of those things where it's like they clearly they're like I don't we don't have a good justification for this, so they don't show it at all. Yeah, like they and just show her be like after they've captured her. Yeah, and it's just like, hey, remember me? I'm here now. I'm in charge or whatever. And it's just like, calm down, big deal. Yeah, you know. And she just like she doesn't even hesitate. She takes down the shield. Yeah, like, for, like well, I guess. Yeah, and it, I don't quite understand. But. Well, so. Again, it's all explained in novels and all this kind of stuff. But there is a point to why she just open, like, openly just, just you know, dismantles the shield and all this kind of stuff. Essentially, like, she's out for herself. I know why. It's because she's not getting equal pay. Ooh, oh, wow. Deep. <laughs> took a... This is why we need more women on the show. Hashtag feminism. <laughs> you took a, took a rough turn there. I love it. Somebody had to say it. That's fair. All right, so honestly, I feel like right now we're back up to where we started. Yes. Uh, you know, with Han and everything like that. So do you want to go into that a little bit more? Yeah, and I mean, I, I almost feel like, well, no, never mind. I won't say anything further. <laughs> okay. um, the The moment... I mean, there is this 
you know, obvious fatal feeling that you get the very moment that like we see Han and Kylo in the same place. Yes. Uh, you know, we kind of, you know, and then it's, he kind of like Han kind of walks out and then yells out to him. Ben! No, it's just like it, it an echo. Yeah. yeah. Echo. And like, I mean, I, I remember sitting in the theater when we were watching it, like the very first time. And like, you could hear a pin drop mm-hmm. in that theater because yeah. just like, you know, pins and needles. Like they knew, I think everybody knows what's going to happen. Everybody knew before this movie starts what's going to happen. But you didn't want it to happen. Yeah. That's that's the other side of it too. It's, it's that emotional drain. Well, and also I think with Star Wars, it's like a lot of the time the main characters really avoid anything like it, terrible happening to yeah. them. Wear lots of plot armor. Right. Well, to, even to that point, like you think about it really, like Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, you know, he dies in the first movie, but he's around. Like he's yeah. a ghost yeah, for the most part. Yeah, he literally he's still, still there, appears. Yeah. But Han is just, gone and he basically yeah and i would argue as well like with obi-wan that like he a makes a noble sacrifice which i mean han does as well but yeah but he doesn't realize he's making a noble sacrifice <sighs> yeah uh, and, you know and that's a big subversion of our expectations well that that whole uh, exchange between him and kylo like whenever like kylo is just admitting to himself he's like i'm I, you know i'm afraid that i'm not strong enough and i won't be able to do it like can you help me mm-hmm. and that's when like you see it in han's face he's like i Finally, like I'm getting through to my son. Yeah, right. and that's he's probably and he's probably never done this before. He's never know, done this before. He's always I mean, off for himself. Yeah, I mean, and not again, not to go into the books too much, but <laughs> I mean, we do see throughout the books that you know he Han is doing his own thing throughout a lot of it. Yeah, um, you know, and then obviously Ben goes off to the Jedi Academy, and so he's not around for that. And it's like, they probably have this incredibly strained relationship, no matter how you slice it. Super distant from each other. Exactly. Well, um, and just, like I said, it's just that, that, thank you. Yeah. Like, when it happens, it's mm-hmm. like, uh, every time. And you want to talk about, like, a gut-wrenching sound from Chewie? That yeah. was yeah. the most emotional Wookiee bark I had ever heard. Oh, it yeah. hit you right in the gut. Oh, yeah. And I remember, like, I, I stayed quiet for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. When we left, I didn't say a damn thing until we finally got into the car, and I explained to you, you in particular, you The uh, life debt. I was like, you don't understand. Like, <laughs> It's true. It's a it life happened. debt. <laughs> like, I can vouch. It's supposed to be for Chewie's life, not Hans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was upset because he couldn't be there to protect him. And it's like, God dang it, man. Like, it's just so dang emotional. And like, everybody else is freaking out about it. And then, like, once Chewie sees this happen, he's like, you know what? Forget just, everybody else. Yeah. Dead shots everybody. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, dead shots everybody. And, like, significantly wounds Kylo. Gets I him mean, in the kidney. Yeah. I mean, this is obviously a, you know, a controversial point because, like, people are like, well, did he really get hurt that bad? But, like, yeah. I mean, when you go into the lightsaber battle in the forest like with Finn and Rey and like yeah you see him bleeding profusely and he's pounding his his kidney to to give himself some strength or whatever Mm -hmm. I think it's 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 a weird thing that when he actually does that you know like it's either he's trying to give himself strength and through pain or anything like that or just adrenaline or adrenaline yeah Yeah. something yeah it it was I think that is it like he's actually like he's trying to just like overload the pain like the pain sensor like the, the nerves (laughs) <laughs> those are the right word that's yeah, the right sure. word for it, it makes sense. um 
Is that what drives like the dark side of the force, though? Maybe. Well, I mean, we always say like to intensify fear, the force. Yes. Fear, pain, anger, yeah. that kind of stuff. Hate, and we always say as much like suffering. Pain is supposed mm-hmm. to fuel you. Yeah, and suffering. Yeah, for all that matter. Like it's just, oh my god. And then Chewie just going out and just exploding everything. And then once they actually meet up in the forest and everything, and they have that whole thing, it's like we're not done yet. And like that's a great. That's mm-hmm. just great. So I don't know. It, all right. You want to know how I know Rey is a Kenobi? How? Because she doesn't, she's not crippled by the tree that she gets thrown into. Because <laughs> we've talked about this before. She has the same adamantium bones as, right? uh, like, as her grandpa or whomever. Obi-Wan has a scaffolding fall on him, like a, a Durasteel <laughs> scaffolding fall on him and like push him, mind you. Like it's not even just that it falls completely on him. Like it pushes him forward for Christ's sake. Yeah. And he's just, he's just fine. And he, yeah, he just gets up, finishes the job on the, wipes uh, his hair, nothing, yeah, nothing happy on landing. the invisible hand. Yeah. Get that, man. And then immediately, like, the next day, he's out there killing uh, General Grievous. Right! And then surviving, like, a 3,000-foot fall. With Boga falling on top of him. On top of him, into Jeez. incompressible water. <laughs> and then he just leaves from there and oh goes God. and participates in the greatest lightsaber battle in the history of the Jedi and the Sith. Until this happens. Well, I don't know. I still do hold that up, but... Honestly, well, I, I have thoughts on that, and we'll get into that in a little while. Okay. Well, so for what it's worth, and by the, that I mean the next time we do one of these. Okay. Um, the the lightsaber fight here, and the, first of all, like Ray gets you know knocked out, she's unconscious. Finn goes over, he's like, Ray, Ray, get up, Ray, you know all Aww, this kind of stuff. Bless his heart. And, he tries. And all of a sudden, you just hear traitor, like. You want to talk about, like, the use of words in this movie? Mm. That oh, is man. still, like, it just, you, you see the look in, like, Finn's face where he's just like. Yeah. yeah, and, like, that's, like, his fuel. It's, yeah. like, being called a traitor to, like, you know, being called a traitor to evil, essentially. And he's like, that's not me. Yeah. And, like, that's, you know, he still suffers from some craven emotions along the way, but, you know, he does not. Like, not back if you b- yeah, if you tell him that he was wrong, he will prove to you you're you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then again, one of the best exchanges: that lightsaber, it belongs to me. And then Finn, come, come get, get it. it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and he's able to hold his own. Yeah. You all right? So we when we were watching this, you were just saying as much as like he's really good, right? He's, because for, like stormtroopers don't have aim. No. Right. But, but somehow, but so if you give them his something hand to hand, combat yeah. is like it's stellar, above par. It really yeah. is. He's able to hold it. And was like, he like a captain stormtrooper? <laughs> <laughs> now maybe when he was in sanitation, he was just using the mop oh, handle. Yeah. You know, like anyone else would. <laughs> mop experience. <laughs> uh, the uh, but like he's able to actually like cut Kylo. Yes. Now again, between the two fights. This is one of the most visceral fights yes. well, out I, there. I mean, and I have definitely talked about this on the show before. That yeah. I believe that, I mean, the secret sauce of the sequel trilogies when it comes to lightsaber battles oh. are, is just perfect. And like, lo- it's, lighting. Like it's, yeah, I mean, in yeah. the lighting again, like it's very dark and you get that, it's true. that yeah. contrast between the red and the blue. And like, you know, again, it can't be more obvious who the hero and the villain is. Yes. Um, but yeah, there's just like this sort of weighty physicality to it. It's still, you know, it's obviously a step up from the original trilogy, or at least from like uh, Obi Wan and Vader in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I argue that like the actual lightsaber combat in the other two films is pretty good. Oh yeah. Well, um, the once like once it's all said and done and like Finn gets knocked out and everything mm-hmm. and you know put onto the ground. The moment that shook everybody. Mm-hmm. He is reaching for the lightsaber. You see it kind of tumble. Yeah. It has that reminiscent feel of Empire whenever yes. Luke's trying to do the same exact thing. Buried in the snow nonetheless. Exactly. And then it nearly knocks him in the face to go by him into Ray's hand. Yes. Right. Now, all right, again. After Ray says, I'm never touching that thing again. Right. Whenever whenever you saw this in theater, whenever you saw the previews and all this kind of stuff, like it was heavily, heavily marketed that, that Finn, Finn is, was, the Jedi. is the Jedi. Finn is the one who will be wielding the lightsaber for the most part, right? Yeah. This came out of nowhere, and it worked. It worked so damn well. Yeah. Because it was just that point where like everyone's like, what? Mm-hmm. And I think there was like actual applause oh, yeah. in the theater because they're just like, <gasps> you know, like I just, yeah, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I don't know. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Again. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, it just. No, that I mean, I I agree. That was like a really cool moment, and I I didn't see it coming. No one. Did. I was like, heck yeah, like Ooh. girl power. Yeah, girl power, girl power. for sure. <laughs> and then I just love the look on her face because it's it's such a combination of just fear and steadfast readiness like she just she doesn't know what she's doing mm-hmm. yeah all she knows is she wants to save her friend yeah and it's just oh my god and that's and that's what i'm talking about like with that like mental maturity that she grows is just right. like like I, you know i don't think she wants to be in that position like she really doesn't but she kind of recognizes like she has no choice yeah and and she's like i'm going to do what i have to do and yeah, and again, it's like, you know, that, that combat, it's just so like, there's just this aggressiveness mm-hmm. and like, you know, just you like Kylo gets cut real bad. Like yeah. each time, like the, yeah. everyone gets a slice out right. of this movie. Yeah. Um, I think with Star Wars, a lot of their um, lightsaber battles are very well choreographed. Mm-hmm. This one didn't feel choreographed. Yeah. No. It just feels it like they're like just actually real, like, hacking fight, at each other. Yeah. Like a yes. fight for your life sort of deal. Which, and I think that that really adds to it also. It's, I mean, it's something that, like, if you were put in that position, this is kind of how you would right, react. Right, yeah. And it, it does hearken to the original trilogy, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't, you know, there was no dueling to it. It was just right. hack and hack until you slash. Yes. You know. Um, real briefly, uh, the quote-unquote trench run that Poe and the rest of Black Squadron had to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your, did anyone, did that work for everyone? Or was it just, it's just like, why, you know, why do we have to do almost the exact same thing? Yeah, it doesn't really work for me. It's exciting. Yeah. You know? And like, I like the Black Squadron, like, team. I mean, I like, uh, Snap. Yes. Colleen yeah, Wing. Snap and, yeah. I would right. not stop bringing it up to her. And she made it up, she made fun of me. For I was like, Jessica hey. Pava is her. I thought it was Henwick. Well, Oh, Jessica her character. Pava is her oh. character name. Sorry. But yes, yeah. Jessica Henwick is her real name. Yeah. And then obviously Nine Nub, the, the real hero, yes. is in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's exciting, but it is just kind of like, oh, come on, really? Like It's like, okay, we have to hit this point yeah. and cause it all to do its thing. And it's only, yeah. And I, I do like that it's just a modicum different than like the trench runs of the original. Yeah, the trench is much shorter. Yeah. For yeah. one thing. You just duck inside the building. And, and then, then you're good. And then Poe just goes, boo-boo, boo-boo. 
poo, 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 poo. It just takes out whatever looks important. Yeah. Is it really a Star Wars movie if there's no trench run, though? That's true. <laughs> In one way or another, there's some kind well, of trench run. the best run. Star Wars movie doesn't have a trench run. I know. But, I mean, you can't really <laughs> knock Phantom Menace that bad. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. I didn't know what you were talking about. Uh, our favorite, Attack of the Clones. No. <laughs> uh, but... So yeah, I mean, they, they, I just kind of wanted to touch on it basically because we just didn't touch on it at all. Everything else that was going on is just super stellar about it anyways. Uh, once it's all said and done and the planet itself actually implodes. Now, the planet imploding is cool. And I think that, that you know, again, with the, um, the... And I like that it's an implosion as opposed to just this like crazy huge explosion, explosion. with a huge yeah. shock wave. Yeah. yeah. You mean you don't want like a Michael Bay like... <laughs> <laughs> explosions on explosions yeah. on explosions. Basically. Basically. Uh, <laughs> all right, then they're back on Takodana, and they have their whole moment where, like, Finn is just whisked off. Because Chewie carries him down, right? And then mm-hmm. walks away. But there's Leia. Hi, Leia. Hi, hi Chewie. Like, it's just like, where's where's the hug? Where she is walks right past Walks her. right past yeah. him. It, it is so gut-wrenching. Why did she not get a hug? Or why well, did he? Know? He was still in his feelings. I know. I think that's exactly it. And I mean, there's actually a lot. Of, like, I actually think Chewie is like one of the unsung heroes in this. Like, like great performances in oh, this. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, which is you know all the more kind of sobering with knowing it's like Peter Mayhew's last appearance. And, right, and yeah. he does do it well. Yeah. I mean, I do like Johan. Uh, Yo- I think it is. Or yeah. Johan. Uh, we'll have to look up his name for the next one. It's uh, Jonas Sumitamo. Jonas, that's right. Oh, that was good. Sumitamo, yes, because he's actually he'll be he'll be in Pittsburgh, I think. Uh, yeah. Come December or right. whatever. But yeah, um, it's it's exciting, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't know. I I just was upset about that. I know a lot of people were like, "Where's the hug?" At? And all this kind of stuff. It's like you just hugged this random girl that you just met. Just met her, by the way. Yeah. And she just gets a hug. Like, how does she know who Leia is? Yeah. Or anything like that. Well, like, it is just a weird well, thing. Well, it's That's part like... of the mystery that we're still unraveling, isn't it? Yeah. Well, no, because they talk about it earlier in the movie, and she's like, oh, I thought these people were, like, fictional. Oh. Well, yeah, the, the legends. Yeah. yeah. That's true. It's true. She all knew. Of all of it. She knew who she was. That's yeah. fair. And she's also probably like, hey, you look like my mom. <gasps> <gasps> it's like, well, you don't want to know who your dad is. Let me just say that. <laughs> it all started on Hoth. <laughs> all right. His name uh, is Rykian. All right. Last, last part of the movie. When they finally make it onto Octo. We don't know it's Octo yet, but it's just this very, you know, blue like vibrant planet with a bunch of birds flying around not porgs just birds just regular birds and i still get goosebumps to this day because the music mm-hmm. like we always talk about how good music is for these things like that music when he, he they actually get to the top of the mountain and you see the back of luke yeah and he finally turns around and everything it, it goes back to what i was saying before Oh, that's right. Luke was in this movie. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you yeah. completely forgot because well, everything else was going right. on. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it is easy to kind of just displace his, you know, his brief moment on the screen. Yeah. It's incredible, though. Like if you're Mark Hamill, it's great because you're still second build in the whole film. <laughs> you have and you no have, lines. Th- yeah, right. no lines and about four seconds of screen time. So I remember. Well, th- oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say. I think at that point I was still reeling from the loss of Han. Yeah, yeah. and so like. That you were like, oh yeah, that's right. There oh. was more to that than this. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a great joke out there about that after, after they did the first, 
uh, table read with this for the for the actors. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Apparently, Mark Hamill walked over to J.J. Abrams and said, "Can I have a word?" Yeah, there it is. So that was the worst joke. Sorry. (laughs) All right. So, with that being said, I want to finish this out like we always do. Uh, Three little rapid fire questions for everybody. Oh boy. I know. Do your best. It's it's, it's, no problem. That's all we ask. On the spot. Yes. Well, so Andrew can start it off. You kind of get the feel for it. All right. Favorite sound effect. Favorite sound effect is going to be. Um, I had something for this, and I've kind of lost it. So I'm gonna say like the sound of the force. Oh yeah, okay, like the, the kind the of over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just like overpowering. Yeah, mine would be BB-8. Yes, because it's it's a brand new you know sound on yeah. it. Not to mention that I forget who the other person is, but um, Bill. Uh, God dang it! I'm literally losing it. Uh, he's from S- Bill Hader, oh. Bill Hader and uh, John Ralphio from Parks and Rec. I can't remember the yes. guy's name. They both worked on his voice, like BB-8's like quote unquote voice yeah. in the movie, and it's just cute. Like it's a cute like mm. weird voice to it. It's it's yeah. perfect. Like I don't know, droid voice. Yes. Right? Can you think of a a, a noise? Well, or? you took mine. You liked BB-8's? Yeah. All right. Well, you can say that. Can say BB-8's that my favorite character. With, uh, We've like had the same picks on almost all of these. Like yeah. at, at okay. some point along the way, that makes yeah. me feel better. Yeah. yeah, so one way or another, we usually have a like, combined yeah. one. Yeah, and it's often the sound effect. I think. <laughs> uh, favorite line of dialogue. I'm gonna say, Chewy, we're home. Oh, okay. I can see that one. Mine is. Uh... 3PO when he's like oh you may have noticed my red arm <laughs> you may not wreck those because yeah. of the red arm yeah that's the one uh, my favorite <laughs> is Finn talking to Ray whenever Ray's fixing something and he's like why do you have to go back you got a boyfriend there cute boyfriend like just a really <laughs> random thing yeah. and he's just like this is the first girl he's ever seen you know yeah. so it was just fun alright and finally finally and especially because this is a new this trilogy this is a whole new trilogy favorite new character Hit me up. What do you got? Mine is Kylo. Yeah? Yeah. All right. I mean, I'm not a villain guy, but... That... It's, he, he was He sold. might be... Like, he's top three favorite Star Wars characters. Okay. Ooh, okay. Like, it's tough company. I dig it. <laughs> Eva? I'm... Like, in the same vein, I'm going to go with Phasma, because I think... I, I want there to be more... But it, I, there, I need to see more of Phasma, and yeah. I want to know more about her backstory, and I want to see what happens. It could have been so much more. I know. I agree yeah. with that. Because I really did want more out of her character. Um, I my, think we'll see more of her. I think so. My favorite is, believe it or not, Uncar Plutt. <laughs> I, just, I, I just love the idea that he's just this portly, scummy guy uh-huh. who just deals in food portions yes or whatever and he's played by simon Pegg. yeah, yeah i was so, gonna say why not you know there's just great cameos in this movie too <laughs> oh my goodness yeah i feel like that's something that's like so different for us like you know now into these films mm-hmm. it's just that it's like you have these expectations of like the actors that are playing the roles whereas like obviously <laughs> i mean you know obviously we had no expectations for the original trilogy it all came out before we were even alive right uh you know the prequel trilogy it's not like i knew Natalie Portman or Samuel L. Jackson no. or Ewan right. McGregor. 
before just, that. Just a couple little odds and ends. But I yeah. mean, it's to that point now. I've said this before about Jeff Goldblum. He's always going to be Ian, Ian Malcolm. Malcolm. Yeah. Yeah. So like I, I still to this day, like I can't say you and McGregor like. Big Fish stars Obi Wan Kenobi, yeah, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Doctor Sleep that just came out. That's yeah. Obi Wan Kenobi, yeah, you know. So I mean, that's how I was about Bill Weasley. Yeah, hey, there, there, there you go. <laughs> you're the character, the actor that you see is typecast to that one character. Yeah. You just know him as forever. Yeah. So, well, with all that being said, um, thank you guys for uh, listening to us, and we hope that uh, we were able to do. A pretty conclusive, you know, review. If this wasn't conclusive, I don't know what is. If this was sequential as hell, too. Yeah. Uh, so, honestly, uh, you know, did, did we say enough? Did we not say enough? Is there anything that we missed? I have one recommendation. Oh. Play the Lego game. Play the Lego game. It will explain everything. <laughs> Forget the books, gang. It's all Legos. It'll we've, stick We've been brain. coming at this all wrong. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, you could just play your way through the story. <laughs> but all the same, please check us out on our Facebook page, Greeter Shot First Podcast. Uh, you know, if you want to listen to us, uh, you can always uh, check out our website, Reggie'sHousePodcast.com. I heard you're on iTunes, too. iTunes and Apple Podcasts. What? Apparently, I like to say both. I never you, know why. You do like to say both. It's just, it's, it's old <laughs> habits die hard. I'm sorry. Check us out on Apple Podcasts. Yes. Is that right? Yes. All right. Which you can access through iTunes or Ooh. wherever you get your podcasts. Exactly. But also, don't hesitate when you're at uh, Reggie's House Podcast dot com to check out our other friends and uh you know show show going people other star wars fans and everything games and that with brandon and andrew yep uh they've been doing a lot of kick kick butt stuff recently so i don't know <laughs> sorry i'm trying censored i'm trying not to swear as much anymore but all you i'm did trying to get this episode i know i said hell and damn and fart a lot so oh well. i actually farted said that for the first time but still check out brandon and andrew on games and that podcast on reggie's house podcast and like always eva did you have a good time I thought it was a boring conversation anyways. That's his line. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Still, I had a good I'll, time. I'll bet it was. <laughs> <laughs>